Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we are reviewing a new movie on Apple TV Plus. That is Palmer, starring Justin Timberlake in a dramatic role. So very excited to talk about this one. I think this movie was definitely a surprise for me. That'll just be my tease as we get further into the review. But Katie, I think you feel kind of the same way about this movie as well. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I definitely do. Pleasantly surprised. So with that, we'll go ahead and get started with news. And our big news item today is that the Golden Globe nominations came out on the day that we're recording this, which is Wednesday, February 3rd. So Golden Globe nominations are out. They're happening at the end of this month, hosted by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler on opposite coasts. It's a whole thing. So they won't be in the same room together, but one of them will be in LA, one will be in New York, and they'll be hosting the Golden Globes. So excited to watch the Golden Globes, but the nominees came out. And we will say up front, Katie and I don't really value the Golden Globes like we do the Oscars. We know that it's more an award show just to get celebrities there. And it doesn't and so really. so they can drink. That's why yeah. they go. Yeah. So and they so can they drink. can drink. And there's really not. I mean, it's great if you win a Golden Globe, but like it's not viewed as highly as an Oscar or like an Emmy for television. It's also yeah. the only real award show where movie stars mix with like actors and actresses from TV. So that's always kind of cool to see, like, you know, yeah. have the cast of this movie and then right at the table next to them will be the cast of this TV show. So. Here we go. Big, big categories only. We're not going to go through all of these. So we'll do TV and uh, movies, the big, the big ones. So first up, we have Best Motion Picture Drama. And our nominees are The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Okay. I, I'm not surprised. But now, the first one you mentioned, The Father, I the don't, father. I'm not familiar. I think oh, the we should father, have said too, oops, sorry, we should have said too that I don't know these. I stayed away from looking this up today, so I'm having genuine reactions to these. Yeah, so these. The Father is, it's not technically out yet, but it's Anthony okay. Hopkins and Olivia <gasps> Coleman, and it comes out <gasps> later this month. So, Oh my, that's so a double I'm, whammy. I'm very interested to watch it when it does come out, but it's not, yeah. not a lot of people have seen it yet, so I think that's why we haven't heard a ton about it. So okay. that one's still not not widely released for viewing. So, But no real surprises in this category, I don't think. I think all these movies are pretty worthy. Um, I haven't seen Nomadland or the father but no man no madland is francis mcdormand so you know you know she's going to be good at that yes and then the other three we well two of them we have seen in promising young woman we know that that's getting pretty good reviews so it is oh jared i think i'm 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 this close to paying the 20 dollars to watch it (laughs) there you go so the next category is the one that i have maybe the biggest issue with okay best (laughs) motion picture musical or comedy so here we are the nominees for best motion picture musical or comedy borat subsequent movie film hamilton Music, the Sia documentary, uh, Palm Springs, and The Prom. Uh, okay. <laughs> so this is a wild category. One, I get... That is. That I is get, all sorts of things. I think my biggest qualm in this category is Hamilton getting nominated. Not saying that Hamilton isn't good, but that is literally just a filming of the stage play. It's not like a, a movie it's just the play you know oh that's on- a good point because i was gonna say oh well obviously that should win but you bring up an excellent point where i would kind of be like let's get it out of that category so other people can win 
Yeah, so I thought that that was a weird one to include. I mean, will Lin Manuel Miranda be fun to see at the Golden Globes? Sure, but you well, yeah. know. Um, the rest of these, we have reviewed Palm Springs. We have an episode on that if you want to go check that out. We have talked about Hamilton extensively. The other three I have not seen. The new Borat music, which I don't think is out yet. And then The Prom mm-hmm. is on Netflix. And I knew that had a little buzz for a week. And then I never heard anything about it again. I was going to say, I didn't hear good things, though. And I yeah. haven't watched it yet. I, I do have it in my Netflix queue, but I haven't watched it yet because it's not one of those things that people talked about for weeks. No, it was just like it was there and people talked about it for a couple of days. And then after yeah. that, it seemed like we moved on to the next thing. So I would say I heard more negative things about it than I did positive activity. Like everybody was so excited about Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman and stuff. But I heard some negative things. OK, so now well, we'll, we'll see. Now we'll move on to uh, best TV series drama. So okay. here we go. I don't really have any problem with any of these. Uh, the Crown, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian. Okay. Ozark and Ratchet, the the show with Sarah Paulson on Netflix. So yes, dang, I need to watch Ratchet. That one. Do you know I played Nurse Ratchet in college? It did was before you? you got there. I didn't know I that. I did. No. Um, it was. I was a little bit of a deviant. Um, <laughs> probably shouldn't talk about it here, but it was. A, I loved that role. Uh, and then I really wanted to watch Lovecraft Country, and I might. I might do that. I know I it's on two. HBO. Yeah. Ozark, so, I watched. I lost f- interest. Yeah, me too. I don't know what it I was. Feel bad. But like, I did. Yeah, I watched the first season, maybe part of the second season, and then I just stopped. Same. So I don't, I don't know why, but it just yep. didn't connect with me anymore. The Crown, I know you're watching that right now. Um, I finished. Nice. Congrats. Yes, that was part of my recommends and my news. I finished The Crown. Freaking loved it, Jared. I've ordered a new book on Diana. I am ready to read it. Um, I don't. If someone looked at my Google search history for the last uh, week or two, I think they'd be concerned because of how much I've Googled about the crown and the royal family, but it's fine. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) And then I watched The Mandalorian and that's pretty good. So, you know, I support that being in there. Arjun loves The Mandalorian. Good to know. So finally, our final category that we will cover here is um, best TV series, musical or comedy. Here are our nominees. Mm -hmm. Emily in Paris. The Flight Attendant, The Great, Loved. Schitt's Creek, and Ted Lasso. Those are okay, your I nominees. I loved The Flight Attendant. Okay. I binged that over, I don't even think it took me 48 hours to get through. <laughs> and uh, Kaylee Cuoco, everybody loves her and she's absolutely stunning. That was the only thing I knew was nominated today because I follow her on Instagram. Okay. And she got nominated and the, the show got nominated. But I loved the show. Good to know. I have not watched that. So I knew Shit's Creek got nominated because I follow Dan Levy. So he posted about that. Yes. Um, yes. And that makes sense. It won all the Emmys. So why wouldn't you nominate it for Golden right. Globes? And if I had to pick one that was probably going to win in that in this category, I think it would be that. Um, just because that was the last season of that show and all these other se- all these other shows were like oh, first man. or second season maybe. So Good point. I feel like they always, when it's your last season, they kind of give you a swan song and like, you know, give you well, the award. All right. It is a good Maybe. show. So, and Emily in Paris, I know you watched, but... I did. I mean, it's a delightful show, um, but also offensive. It was much more, like, crude than I thought it was going to okay. be. Um, well, I, I loved it, though, because it was... It's like Sex and the City 2.0. It's a little more tame. Okay. Um, but I did love it. I loved the fashion, and I love that it's in Paris, but I had the same problems with it that other people did, where they're painting Parisians as just horrible people, and I'm like, this is why Parisians hate Americans, because we do things like this. Um, 
and kind of just botched their culture and stuff. So I do agree that it was, you know, probably pretty more distasteful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I loved, I mean, the show is fun. And if you are obsessed with Sex and the City like I am, it's fantastic. I heard that was coming back. They're like rebooting it, it on HBO. But one of them is not. three. Yeah. 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 Only three one of, of the four. But who can, I mean, her character is a great character. But if if you can't make it work, I, people are still going to tune in. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. watch it now. As long as you have Sarah Jessica Parker, like that's kind mm-hmm. of like she's the main. That's one. all I need. So, you know, yep. she's on the poster. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, on to that's about it for news. Only other news item is that John Batiste might win an Oscar. Oscar nominations are not out yet, but Soul is eligible for Best Original Score at the Oscars. Yes, so. I was pumped for this because I have such a crush on him, and I love him, and I watch Colbert every single day of the week, and I just think he's fantastic. And I think it was kind of a debate whether it could be nominated or not. Okay. I don't know all the stipulations. I won't even pretend to, but I was reading an article. I didn't retain a lot of the information, obviously, but it was talking about Trent Reznor and his writing partner and then John Batiste and how much time, because they split up how much music they contributed. Oh, good point. Yeah. And so there's some kind of stipulation, but they had just enough where it could be open for consideration. And then if you're like, yeah, I know with that too, like if your movie has like pre like if you didn't come up with a totally original score for the movie then it like that factors in or if you use Uh like a song that's already been recorded like if you just put music in your movie or like there's a lot of different things with that category that like make it very odd so but congrats to them for being eligible they're not nominated yet but they probably will be i mean soul has such a great score that i can't see it not getting nominated so um that should John Batiste should definitely be in there. So, okay, on to recommends now. I only have two really quick things. The first of those is that I have started reading a new book. Um, it's by Walter Isaacson, who does biographies. That's kind of his thing. He did the Steve Jobs biography. That was kind of his his probably oh. most well-known one. But the one I'm, I just started last night, so I can't really say a ton about it, is his biography on Leonardo da Vinci. So uh, interesting wow. to learn about him and uh, his life. He had a very interesting life did a lot of like different things so uh uh, it's, I'm only a few pages in, but it, the Steve Jobs doc or uh, biography book, I did really like that. He writes in a way that's not too heavy, um, but still gives mm-hmm. you a lot of information and kind of makes it interesting throughout. So that that is, uh, I guess, a recommend for me for a book. Not really recommend, but just kind of what I'm reading right now. And then I also would recommend uh, WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Oh, you watched it. Okay. I have watched. Yeah, I'm all caught up on the first four episodes or whatever has come out so far. So, and I've enjoyed it. So that's great. Um, definitely different for a television show and for something from Marvel. But I think Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are doing really great jobs. So check that out if you like Marvel or if you have Disney Plus and you're like, I need something new to watch. WandaVision. <laughs> awesome. I yeah, I don't really have any recommendations. This is more of like what I'm doing. I already told everybody I caught up on The Crown. I definitely would recommend The Crown at this point. I would just say like if you are not in a headspace to start that show, I do think the first few episodes, like the first three are very difficult to get through and pique my interest. But season four, blazed through it. Couldn't go to sleep. Loved it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I stan Diana. Anyway, um, I have also started Schitt's Creek. I couldn't wait to tell you, Jared. I have already finished season one. It is such an easy show to watch and just delightful. 
And I think almost more than anything, this this last 2020 year where I was like, if you just need something lighthearted, I would almost recommend this the most because it it's just it's just funny and light. Yeah. And you get like that. You'll see as you go through the show that the characters will change and develop. And then you'll have like one character that's your favorite one season. And then the next season you'll have another favorite character. So like it's very good. And like you said, very lighthearted and just funny. And the situations are like outrageous that they get put into um, and stuff like that. The first couple of seasons are um, I would say they don't focus a ton on the building up of the characters. But as you watch more seasons, you will notice that kind of becomes a bigger it almost turns into more of a drama as you get towards the end than so much of a of like a comedy which it is in the first couple seasons so well we'll yeah. see how fast i go through it and then the only other thing i am reading go set a watchman by harper lee that's the follow-up to kill a mockingbird i have had this book since it came out so several years and hadn't read it um because i am horrified that atticus is racist and I thought, you know, I got to get through it. So right now I've been trying to buy, stop buying newer books and read what I already have because the things still on my shelves are things I've put off because they've made me nervous in some way <laughs> or seem intimidating. <laughs> um, but it's a very short book. I will say the writing is beautiful. Harper Lee was such a talented writer. Uh, I can already tell you I'm pretty certain. I'm not sure because I still have less than 100 pages left. Um I'm pretty certain I'm going to say this is a book we didn't need. Like, I kind of wish that To Kill a Mockingbird would have been it for her books. But it's okay. Um, but the writing is beautiful. It's worth it just to hear her kind of her voice again. And But she has now passed away. But there you go. Cool. So speaking of uh, intimidating books, I told you, but I'll tell the listeners, I bought Dune the other day at Barnes and Noble. Yep. So uh, I have to October time. to read that. So Yes. Uh, Same we'll- here. I will join you. We will do this. <laughs> We oh boy. can do it. That thing was a behemoth when I and it's like not it. My copy is not huge, but the text is kind of small, and the thing is still like eight hundred and fifty pages. So <laughs> I hope I can do it. That's going to be. I think that's going to be truly one of the most difficult reads for me the entire yeah. year. Yep. So yeah. okay, into our review of Palmer now, which is on Apple TV Plus, released on January twenty ninth, rated R for language, some sexual content slash nudity, and brief violence. It's an hour. I, uh, Oops, go ahead. Also, sorry, I also noticed they didn't put drug use, but I definitely think people should be warned yeah. if that's a trigger for you or you worry about kids, there is very brief but notable drug use. There's also drinking in this movie as well, which they did not put True. on here either. A lot of drinking. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then brief violence. Anyway. <laughs> so an hour and 50 minutes, IMDb is a 7.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 75%. Audience, 91%. I will say before I watch this movie, I did happen to see the critics score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I thought this is probably going to be good, but I don't know if this is going to be great. But now seeing that audience score, it kind of confirms that like this is, I think, a better movie than the critics are giving it credit for. Yes. And not many critics because I checked last night, uh, not many critics had viewed it yet. It was like 70 people or something, which Rotten Tomatoes, you usually get quite a bit more. So I don't know if that'll sway it, but I'm much more towards the audience end of the spectrum. Uh, No box office information because this is streaming. And if you don't know the synopsis, is an ex-convict strikes up a friendship with a boy from a troubled home. So we have some critics reviews of this movie. First up, Maureen Lee Linker of Entertainment Weekly says a tender, earnest tale of how love and nurturing can truly change lives. So I would agree. Uh, next up is Monica Castillo of RogerEbert.com, who says, while many movies have played this premise for laughs in Palmer, the setup is played for sentiment and an effective one at that. 
So I think that's a good point because a lot of these type movies, a lot of comedies will use this kind of uh, situation where it's like there's a kid and somebody else has to parent the kid that's not their, you know, direct mother or father. And so yep. you have laughs and sue because of that, because it's like, oh, fish out of water situation, uh, stuff like that. This movie approaches it more from a dramatic perspective and a, a more inspiring and empowering perspective, which I did appreciate because that's not really a, a thing that you see a ton of dramas. It's more they use it in comedy for for laughs yes i definitely a lot of my likes for today center around this this sentiment so finally we have richard roper of the chicago sun times who says director fisher stevens working from a finally constructed screenplay by cheryl guerrero uh, delivers a solidly built well-paced story that feels true to the lo- the locale and the characters so we definitely good. agree. Very uh, well paced and uh, not too long. And it does feel authentic. So would agree on all those fronts. So this is directed by Fisher Stevens. He's an actor and director. He won an Oscar for Best Documentary Feature in 2010 for The Cove, which you may have seen that as the mm-hmm. one about dolphins. Um, and then you knew him from Early Edition, which was a, a movie or TV show that was on? TV show? Okay. And- I don't know. Like, I would love if people listen to the podcast, if they remember the show, because I was pretty young when it was on and mom loved it. My mom was like obsessed with the show and I was obsessed with it. And Kyle Chandler was the lead and Fisher Stevens was his best friend. And every day he would receive an early edition of the news that told him what was going to happen that day. And he had to like go save someone's life, basically. Okay. That's yeah, fun. So it would be like now you would get a paper that says like there's going to be a school shooting and then he would go to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay. So yeah, interesting concept. Show. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, he will be in the French Dispatch, the new Wes Anderson movie, which is supposed to come out in May. So we'll see if that happens <laughs> sure or not. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So everybody's in that movie. Uh, yeah. So just throw him on the list. Chalamet, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, all your normal uh, Wes Anderson people are in this as well. So uh, excited to see that when it does come out, hopefully in May, but we'll see when that actually gets out. So, but this movie, directed by Fisher Stevens. It's called Palmer. He did release his movie on Apple TV Plus. And uh, when we come back, we will talk about the cast for this movie and also our likes and dislikes here on the Silver Screen Podcast. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about Palmer, which is on Apple TV Plus. Now it's time to talk about the cast for this movie. First up, we have Mr. Justin Timberlake. I love me some Justin. I made sure Jared knew before this. I was like, we're going to need a double crush alert this immediately. (laughs) Um, So Justin is one of my favorite people. Jared loves him too. I -hmm. think we love him for different reasons, but still the love is there. Um, It is hard to ignore. Like you have to mention Justin did start with NSYNC and people just call him multi-talented. That word follows him wherever he goes. You might be like, what is there that this man can't do? I would agree with you. Um, Normally that would be annoying, but with Justin, I'm just super happy for him. (laughs) But as far as far as films go, he is best known for Trolls, Inside Lewin Davis and The Social Network. He was nominated for an Oscar in 2017 for Best Original Song for Can't Stop the Feeling. That was in Trolls. And then he just turned 40 this week, Jared. I don't know if you knew that. I did. I did not. Um, January 31st is his birthday. He turned 40. And then he always has a million projects going on. I didn't see movies listed coming up, but I'm sure we'll see him doing something soon, whether that's performing, singing on SNL, who knows. But we'll see him again. 
yeah, a random appears on Jimmy Fallon, uh, you know, those things pop up for JT. So mm-hmm. great performer as well. I've seen him in concert twice now. Uh, both shows were really <sighs> good. So if you ever you get the chance... always remind me of that, and it makes go, me so sad every time. <laughs> to go see JT. I saw him on the 2020 uh, World Tour, which is the one that's on Netflix that you can watch on there. Um, and then the Man of the Woods Tour, which was his last album. I have to admit oh. that tour wasn't as great, but I didn't think the music on that album was as great as the 2020 albums that he did. So that's oh, more well, on excuse just the music. me, sir. Did you see him perform with NSYNC as your first concert in life? No, I did not. Because so. I did. <laughs> you <laughs> get the whole point, crew. But at that point, I was. it was a toss-up for me with JC and Justin. Shout out ah, to JC. Okay. But because JC was like, oh, man, he was so my type, his look. Now he is not my type. But back in the day, I was like, I'm going to marry JC or Justin. I just couldn't decide. It was it was like Monday and Tuesday. It was different. Nice. Anyway, uh, how old were you when you went to that concert? <laughs> I want to say like 13, okay. 13, nice. 14, little C- teeny bopper to the hill. CNN Loved sink. them all. <laughs> oh my gosh best day of my life nice. next up we have writer alan writer plays sam so writer this is his first feature film but he is quite well known if you watch like daytime tv and i don't mean soap operas i mean like he's been on ellen degeneres he's been on some other tv shows uh little segments here and there and then he did star in one episode of law and order true crime which was a mini series he is only eight years old and he doesn't have upcoming projects listed, but judging from how good he was in this film and people just, I think, caring about Justin Timberlake and the, what this film is about, too, I think we'll see Ryder again. I think so, too. And then lastly, we have Alicia Wainwright. She plays Maggie in the film. She is 31 years old. She is well known for several TV series already, including Shadow Hunters and Raising Dion. Prior to acting, though, I thought this was amazing because I love hearing backgrounds and also when people are very intelligent. She was a scientist and had started to get her PhD. Um, she doesn't have any upcoming projects listed, but she is still starring in Raising Dion. That show is still going on. Um, and then also, I just want to, for the haters out there, I do not think Justin full-blown cheated with her because that scandal happened during this film, and I would be remiss yep. to not mention it during this episode. But if everyone remembers, I did a full-blown investigation in New Orleans, which just can, that was just me walking by the place, really. That was my investigation. <laughs> um, but... She seems wonderful, uh, and I loved her in this film. I had never seen the TV shows. And then I did want to mention there are two other stars of this film that have prominent roles, June Squibb and Juno Temple. I've seen them both in things before. They're both fabulous, um, but it was nice to see them as well, and they were equally as important. Yes. So, and now we'll move into our likes and dislikes. Also for this movie, uh, Apple TV said that the this is their like most watched movie ever, or I guess most watched in like one weekend. So, whoa, so, good for them. Yeah, it's their most watched weekend ever on Apple TV Plus. So, which Jared, is, you're uh, telling me that not as many people watch more people watch this in Greyhound. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like Greyhound, the Tom Hanks uh, movie where he's on the War ship. Movie where yeah, that was seen, okay, but it, that, it was we fine. did a review on it. You can go listen to it. We no, did, I didn't, but it's didn't. we weren't overly enthusiastic. So if you want to skip that episode, just please keep listening to the podcast. Yeah, and listen <laughs> to like irrelevant pop culture news from you know eight right. months ago or whatever. So uh, right. <laughs> So, likes for Palmer. <laughs> First up, a really great message. Uh, very interesting how they mm-hmm. tried to uh, d- to portray the story. Basically, you have Justin Timberlake. We're probably going to talk about spoilers here, too. So, just FYI, if you haven't seen the yeah. 
movie. Um, yeah. You'll probably have to come back afterwards because it's kind of hard to talk about this without spoiling it. But uh, really great story about Justin Timberlake, who's trying to like get his life back together and then having to take care of this this kid named Sam. But they form a really nice bond. And Sam is going through some, some things himself personally um, with his sexuality, trying to figure that out. Um, and also living in a royal rural area that is like remind i don't know exactly where this was set um it's louisiana okay louisiana so um, i only know that because they said it on the sorry when he was looking up the the i want to be a parental okay whatever person get the rights it said louisiana yeah so like dealing with that situation in an area that's more rural and maybe more conservative in their viewpoints um and then that's a very interesting topic to tackle as well so yeah really uh just interesting story that is told throughout this whole movie Yes, I completely agree. I thought it was overall just overwhelmingly positive. It is a progressive movie. I think it's so relevant right now. And one of my likes in particular in regards to positive themes is that Sam, they did talk about his sexuality, but they never really they never really pinpoint things, which I like. They left it up in the air. Like you don't know if he is gay, you don't know if he is transgender, you don't know you know, what, what kind of, if he's going to do drag, maybe he's going to go into drag. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's so young, you can just tell that he likes what he likes and he's not adhering to our gender standards, um, that we have, especially in America. Well, really in a lot of, a lot of places, most places. Um, but I love that they didn't, they didn't necessarily say this is exactly what's going on here because we don't, they don't owe us an explanation and it really doesn't matter. We don't need to label what's going on with this kid. Um, but I love how they chose to share that story and that message. Me too. I think one of my favorite scenes regarding that issue is when they go to buy the Halloween costume and he yes. wants to be a princess. And Justin Timberlake's character is like, you can dress up like this, but I'm just telling you based on where we live and how old you are and being in school and things, the kids are going to make fun of you. So I thought that was a very like, yes, I totally support you and, you know, dressing up as a princess, but I'm just letting you know that not everybody will be, have the same viewpoint as you do on this. So I thought that was, again, you're talking about the way that they tackle that in this movie. That was one scene that stood out to me and like very interesting on how to kind of approach that. Well, I also liked, I can't remember if it was that scene or when they were watching the same princess show that the costume's based on, on TV. And Justin Timberlake said something about, he was like, well, do you see any little boys that are princesses? And he was like, no. And then he said, what's that tell you? And then he was like, well, that I'll be the first. And I just thought, what a great, because I'm sure that's happened. I think of a lot of people who have paved the way for us throughout history that are black and or, or especially like hidden figures, a movie like that. I'm sure there were women used to not work at all. And then women especially weren't scientists in this male dominated industry and they just were like well i'll be the first and then paved the way and figured out things so we could go to the moon and stuff so i thought that was a great a great scene i'm so glad they kept that in another like of this movie acting is great everybody is really good in this movie this is probably jt's best movie if i had oh, to I completely agree completely yeah. agree yeah, yeah, he's really good in Inside Llewyn Davis, but he's not a lead in that movie. He's more supporting. So mm-hmm. as a lead, this is definitely his best movie. And then Ryder Allen, like you, I didn't even know who this kid was before no. he was in this movie. And he just blew me away. He was great the whole movie. So. Yeah, and he, I know with kids, there's only so much that you can make them do anyway. Yeah. But I felt like this kid was just being himself. And that was impressive. Because a lot of kids, I think, would be really like nervous or would try to be a character or would just not be good at acting and he was so natural 
And he was just like had this natural sense of humor about him and like him and yeah. JT's chemistry were really good together. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed that combo. So another like is that this is a great story that doesn't really have like a huge budget. Uh, there's nothing no. really big that happens in the movie, um, but it's just telling a really interesting story kind of the whole way throughout. Yeah, I really like, I mean, I've said it 18 million times on this show, but I love dramatic stories and I just like a day in the life kind of situations like kids growing up like this and dealing with bullying or meeting kids in their class who are unlike them that is happening across the nation right now and so to introduce kids to a story like this but also introduce parents to this is how you can choose to deal with this or talk to your kids about it that's the kind of thing we need but it didn't have explosions. It didn't have like car chases or anything. And I would much rather watch an engaging story like this than that kind of movie. So they did a really, really good job. And the budget for this, I just looked it up, was about six and a half million. Wow. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know how much JT took of that, but probably at least a million, if not more. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when that when 25% is going to one person, uh, they're pretty impressive what they were able to make uh, on that small of a budget because it is really, really well made movie for a lower, lower price point. So um, another thing is that I liked about the movie. This is definitely a spoiler for me, but I thought this was probably the best scene in the movie um, was where Palmer gets arrested. Um, he goes back to where they live in the kind of where the trailers are, and he has the the kid with him. Uh, Sam, he has Sam with him, and basically Sam, he drops Sam back off at his parents. His parents are they're abusive towards each other. I think they're abusive towards him, even though you don't ever see that. But it's kind of assumed that that might be going on as well. It's not a great living situation. But I and verbally, that, if nothing else, yeah, abusive, so, yeah, yeah, view, yeah, for sure. So he like drops him back off there. The police have to arrest him, and then uh, Sam's mom is like, "Don't you want to stay with me? Don't you want to stay with me?" And he's and Ryder Allen, I think this is his best acted scene in the in the movie is just like no i want to go with uh rider um the character or palmer oh, sorry palmer. <laughs> sorry <laughs> justin timberlake's character is palmer um i want to go with palmer and i want to be with him and i want to live with him and then the the scene of the shot of like the cop car pulling away and uh sam just like bawling his eyes out and then trying to run after the cop car and the the shot is like from the side of the cop car like if you've seen joker um, that's that yeah. same shot that they use in that. Um, I thought that was just a really impactful moment. That was the one that made me feel the most emotional is like, here's Palmer. He's being taken away. Sam wants to stay with him and it just feels so helpless in this situation. But I thought both of them acted that very well. Um, it was at a point in the movie when you had had a connection with the characters that was strong enough for an emotional moment like that to happen that you cared about it. Um, and I just thought it was really well executed. Oh, yeah. I I thought the story was just engaging the entire time. And I kept finding myself thinking about like why Justin would have been attracted to this film. Um, I think part of the reason I like him so much is I do relate to him a lot. I did grow up with both parents, but I get that he had a Southern upbringing. My mother's side is very Southern. Um, he was super close to his grandparents and they had a big mm -hmm. part in, in why he turned out the way he did. Same with me. So like, especially the scene, what moved me was at the beginning, this is also a spoiler, but the grandma dies. And first of all, she takes him in when he is, he gets to leave prison. Um, and I liked that he was respectful to her, even though he had had some, um, some, probably some things 
to work through that he was not happy about in life and not happy with himself, but he was very respectful to his grandmother. Um, and you could tell he was a hard worker, but when she died and Justin Timberlake had to start, he found her and started crying. Yeah. Like, none of that looked like acting to me. And then I started crying because I was thinking about my grandparents dying. And, um, I, I think too, that I'm glad that whatever led him to this story to make him do it, I, I'm glad that it did. And I think a lot of it has to do with two. Now he has two kids. Um, so I'm sure he's thinking like my boys will come up against some of these problems and I want to make a movie that they can see. But either way, I just thought the story was so engaging and I was invested in everything. I cared about all the people. I cared about the guy who drank too much at the bar. I cared about the janitor and that was his mm-hmm. life who decided to hire Palmer, even though he's an ex-con. I cared about the um, the sweet mother who was married to the cop who like had the tea parties with the kids. Everybody in it, I found this community so interesting. And normally, especially in this like highly sensitive political time, that's not a community I would be super... Uh, excited about walking into, but by the end of the film, even I changed how much I like cared about them. Yeah, I really liked the. Uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, it's going to be a dislike whenever you kill June Squibb in a movie because like she's great. For sure. So like, For why, sure. why, why, why should we get rid of her? But um, I right. thought that that was a really good scene as well because it was unexpected. You didn't think that the grandma was going to die. Um, and there's mm-hmm. another really good scene with the three of them too, where he goes to the store to get her stuff, and she and he comes back and he she's basically like, "Where's my change?" And he gives yeah. it to her, and she's like, "You're you're shorting me. You took some of my change. You didn't." you know you didn't count it correctly whatever the case is and then Mm -hmm. the day goes by and then the next day you find out that it was the right amount of change and then the kid sam is like well june squibb's character you should apologize because you blamed him for something that he didn't do so it was like just a really nice like meshing of three different age groups there um and like the eight-year-old being the one that is the is like hey you were kind of in the wrong you were kind of in the wrong let's make up and and you know settle this and go on our way so i did like that scene as well and then another like for this movie is that they kind of tell you about Palmer's past uh, through like conversations that he has with Alicia Wainwright's character. That's kind of yeah. the main way that they tell you about how he got to the situation he is right now. Um, and a couple of flashbacks and things, but I thought that was a really natural way to set that up. And it kind of just happens as the movie goes on instead of focusing all on it at the beginning. At the beginning, you don't really know who he is. You just know that he's gotten out of jail. But you don't know why he was in there, how long he was in there, etc. Um, but throughout the movie, you find out more and more as he has conversations with her character, Maggie, about his situation. And I thought that was a really cool like storytelling method. Yes, I do too. I definitely, natural was the word that came to mind. Because you know some stories, they set it up and there's a flashback. Um, yeah. Or it'll be like, in a world. <laughs> or it'll say... Or they'll like have a conversation right at the very beginning. Like I can imagine a buddy being like, oh, you got out of jail, man. You got out of jail because you like assaulted that man. And then you like they replay it for you as if the audience isn't smart enough to figure that out. And I loved how they introduced everything little by little. Um, I do have one dislike about it, but I'll share that in a minute. But overall, I just really liked that this movie... You're, what you mentioned earlier, and this was the negative, um, some of the negative critiques on Rotten Tomatoes, people talked about how we've seen a story like this before. They're right. We've seen a lot of movies with ex-cons. We've seen a lot of kids treated badly where someone takes them in. We've seen something where like a grandparent cares for their grandchild. You know, we've seen some of those before, but I love that there were like fresh elements introduced, not even just the child sexuality, but, but kind of the way they 
dealt with things in this community, I thought that it was all like fresh and new. And I only have one more like before we move on to dislikes, and that is the end credits song. I really like the end credits song. It's Me by Nathaniel Ratliff. Ratliff. Uh, yes. It's called Redemption, and he just did it for this movie um, of Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. But love that credit song. I mean, I sat there the, the whole time and listened to that whole song because it was so Me good. Me too. So. It's so <laughs> funny you say that because it's been really popular because even when I went to look it up today, I just wanted to listen to it on YouTube, yeah. and so many things were popping up on the internet. So you, we are not the only two that really know noticed that song so yeah that was a really really nice credit song and very fitting for the end of the movie too like just really really nice song to to end things with so do you have any other likes before we move to dislikes no and i have very few dislikes yeah i don't have a ton of dislikes either (laughs) with this movie um i think one dislike for me is like palmer in this movie definitely uh uses some situations and solves problems with like using violence like basically sam comes home one time and he has makeup on and they're like who did this to you and they're like one of the kids the bully kid at school his dad you know did this to me or whatever so then jt goes to the bar and like beats him up immediately and like was that the best course of action no it was not did i like that alicia wainwright's character talked to him about that and said this is maybe not what you should do yes but also like solving a problem that way probably isn't the best way to like solve that problem definitely and we're led to believe that he has like he solves problems with violence that's what he knows so part of that i'm sure was instinctive but i especially if i was on parole and i'd just gotten out of prison i'd be real careful about the kind of stuff i get caught up in especially assault um but i think the guy deserved it he was a horrible person but yeah he's a jerk i i agree with you i felt like a lot of the messaging was like solving problems with violence and i am i think i would have thought um poorly of the film if Maggie hadn't had that conversation because I felt like they were letting the violence go a little too far where I was kind of like okay we need some consequences someone needs to talk about this and she addressed it so I felt a lot better about it and there is that like you mentioned the violence there's that also scene where Palmer is talking to Sam telling him like sometimes you just gotta beat you up gotta fight kids or whatever you gotta yeah. fight back and she comes kind of steps in and is like that may not be the best way to deal with this right. um, so that's another like dealing with trying to solve the situation with violence but again I do like that her character was kind of like is this really the best option you should think about mm-hmm. this you should think about what this implications this has on your future things like that so yeah. uh, another dislike is that so they live in this house basically and this house was like inherited uh it was his grandmother's house obviously and then she passes away and then he's still living in the house and then the lawyer calls and is basically like grandma wants to give her house to the church and her property and and everything so you've got to move out in the next month or whatever after it sells but like after that conversation you never heard any more about that so it was like this he obviously had this kind of impending doom over his head too of like I got to find a new place to live but it's like referenced that one time and then never brought up again which seems kind of pointless if you're going to put it in there yes this bothered me so much uh this was definitely something they left completely dangling and also I because I feel like they created a conflict which good okay we could have more of those that's fine there were plenty already but then they just don't solve it and also what I thought was weird I don't know if you caught this but they said on the phone, the lawyer was like, "There, she's leaving the house to the church." I thought, okay, but then there was a for sale sign, and I thought, well, why are they selling it if she's leaving the house to the church? But maybe what they were doing was selling the house, and the proceeds from the sale go to the church. I think that was, yeah, I think that was okay. what was happening. That seemed so. 
unclear to me. And and I just mainly my problem, though, is that they just left it hanging. They never talk about it again. And if you're about to be homeless, I feel like people need to move with a little more, you know, alacrity. But whatever. <laughs> um, and then my other problem that they left hanging, which this is fine, but someone like me who wants to know all the backstory was very bothered by this. So Palmer, we hear that his dad has died. And it sounded like he died a long time ago. And I don't think anything nefarious was involved, but he died. And Palmer, like you see him looking through an album and stuff, but he, they never explain anything about his parents. You just, as far as you know, he doesn't have any. His grandmother's taken him in. He went to prison for, I think, 12 years and he's out. But they just kind of left it. And I think explaining it even slightly more, you would understand more about why Palmer is the way he is, or maybe why he has sympathy on this child. I don't know. But I didn't like that they left those two things hanging in the air. Yeah, there could have been just a little bit. We, I mean, we talked about how we liked how they told you about Palmer's past, but like setting up his character, maybe just a little bit more with a little bit more backstory could have been nice. But again, I get that you don't want to make the movie super long. It's, I think, a really good length at an hour and 50 minutes. I didn't mention that yeah. in my likes, but I really, I thought it, I thought it moved and was paced very well. And uh, there was no like slow points or anything. So I get adding that might add a little bit more to the film, but it would have been nice to just get a little bit more backstory on our on our main character so agreed but other than that no other dislikes except that i mentioned i don't i mean i don't like when you kill off june squibb in a movie but yeah if it's gotta happen it's gotta lost happen a point. So, it lost yeah a lost point. A, lost a point for killing sweet old june, june squibb so <laughs> okay time to give our grades for this one uh i think you went first last time i can't remember so now i can't remember you go ahead let's okay. just who cares i don't think anyone cares do they <laughs> no every time they're probably the listeners are probably like what the, just somebody just give their grade let's just go <laughs> uh okay so my score for this one is going to be an 87 out of 100 for palmer so pretty high what, uh, definitely a surprise i thought this was going to be more a 60s 70s range movie but i thought performances script uh you know just the overall authenticity of the story kept me engaged the whole time and i liked it i I think more than i thought i was going to going into it so yeah 87 i definitely liked it way more i i i had low expectations because i think that we've talked about this justin timberlake's movies it's not because of him i just think there's like some up and down projects um but i'm going with an 89 and i will say it's only because it's not the best movie i've ever seen but it was such a pleasant surprise i almost graded it higher but i wouldn't be surprised if this year is as slow as 2020 i wouldn't be surprised if this was in my top movies i liked it that much yeah, we'll have to see kind of what happens with the later back yeah. half of the year because we already know nothing's really coming out until the summer anyway at this point. Um, right. So we'll see what happens and if any more movies get delayed or anything. But if it's like last year, then yeah, I could definitely see this being in my top 10 at the end of the year because yep. it was really good. So that's our review of Palmer and you can check that out on Apple TV Plus right now. And you can find the Silver Screen Podcast on social media at Podcast Silver on Twitter and Instagram and then just search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook and we'll pop up there um, also, if you would like to leave us a review and a rating wherever you listen to your podcast at, that is always very helpful. We thank you for that. And if you write us a review, we will read it on the show. So, um, you know, if you want to say something good or bad, it doesn't matter. We'll, I mean, we would like it to be good, but we'll read yeah, it on well, the show yeah. no matter what you what the <laughs> review is. So feel free to do that in, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you might be listening. And then next time on the show, we're going to reveal uh, review a new movie on Netflix with John David 
Washington and Zendaya, and that is Malcolm and Marie. So I feel like this movie was supposed to come out earlier. I feel like I saw previews for this a while ago. I don't know. Maybe it, it probably got pushed back due to COVID. So, well, they did all this during COVID. I only know did that because I okay. watched, yes, uh, wrote it and everything. I watched okay. an interview with Zendaya today, and I think they filmed this at her house. Okay. And they all quarantined together, and there were a lot of like, they didn't have, she either said an AD or a DP. I can't remember which position, okay. but. But she was like, it was a bare bones cast and bare bones crew. But anyway, I can't remember either to answer your question, but it I do know this has been, all happened within the okay. same year. It must not have yeah. been this. It must have been some other movie that was also in black and white. So that made me think that it was this one, but oh, it must yeah. have been something different. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing was financed, filmed, edited everything during the pandemic. So very interested to watch this one and basically Mm -hmm. it is about a a film director and his girlfriend who their relationship is tested on the night of his film's premiere so and uh kind of like a a wide age gap there between the two main characters so interested to see kind of how that a lot of people have been talking about that okay so cool well that'll be our next episode we'll be talking about malcolm and marie here on the silver screen podcast until next time we'd like to thank the academy 